Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Okay, let's clap on one, two, three. Hey everyone, this is Julie with Blended Life. Welcome. We are so excited you are here. Today we're going to be discussing extended families and how they affect our blended life and how our blended life affects them. So welcome and here we go. Today, I am joined by two very special women in both my husband and my life. It is my mom and my mother-in-law. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourselves and just um, say who's who? I'm Julie's mother, and I've been a mother. She's my only child for 37, almost 38 years. Call me out of my age. All right. What's your name? (laughs) Trudy. Trudy. And... Hello, I'm Peggy. I'm Eric's mom. I've been a mom for 37 years. Eric is our oldest of three. Yay. Um, And so tonight's episode, today's episode came about actually, you guys, from somebody on Instagram who reached out with a question um, on the subject of extended families. And I thought it'd be interesting to read it to you guys and then we can kind of discuss it. So She says, a topic for podcast might be the lack of support from the extended family. For example, my mom doesn't like to share myself and my son and doesn't include my boyfriend's children. Not sure if it's on purpose, but she could care less about including them or him for that matter. So this is very interesting because extended family plays such a huge role in blended family life, I mean, I know I, I can't, Eric or I could not do the things that we do with our kids in our lives without both of you. You guys have played a huge, huge role about that. So why don't you guys just take a moment and talk about any advice you would have to this person, or can you empathize with this person having a hard time including not your, like... Let's not talk about your personal experiences yet with with me or with Eric, but let's just talk about this woman. Can you see how it would be hard to embrace a boyfriend and child? Well, it's really difficult because I think people become so self-focused. They don't look at the bigger picture. And I think we need to take ourselves out of ourselves and put ourselves in other people's positions and empathize with them and show true love and understanding. So you're saying that the mom in this case that we're discussing should put herself in her daughter's shoes, maybe, or in the boyfriend's shoes. Yeah, to try to understand the other people. You're a happier person, I believe, in within yourself if you extend those feelings to other people and try to gain an understanding of how they're feeling. Hmm, interesting. What do you think, Peggy? I think you get into a routine with, Um, your own family Mm -hmm. and you're used to doing things a certain way with the kids helping out and when you have another family that joins you Mm. with children first of all I think um, you're concerned about if the kids are going to accept you and second of all you don't want to overstep yourself with the other grandparents that's interesting but do you think that this grandma, mom, um, should be more inclusive. Do you think that it's important to, especially, and maybe we just talk about boyfriend slash husband. 
Does it make a difference as you're going the transition from boyfriend to fiance to husband? Does it change through that whether she should be including him and his son into her daughter's life with them and their family as a boyfriend versus as a husband? Or do you think it should be the same across the board? I think it's a gradual progression, don't you? Absolutely. It, it was for us, uh, my husband and I. It's definitely gradual. and Because I think it's always in the back of your mind you don't want to overstep your boundaries. Right. And so it, it was definitely gradual for us as much as we wanted to intercept ourselves. Um, you have to think about everybody that it affects. Yeah. And I think maybe even having this conversation with her mom and seeing why is it, you know, what are some reasons that she may not be wanting to include the boyfriend and son into family stuff? Do you guys have any guesses as you guys are moms and have gone through this? Maybe she's just not ready. She's not ready. I think things have to develop and you can't force them. Right. But I think she needs to be accepting, but she could, maybe she's not thinking about it, but you don't want to have the child become attached to a situation that could be taken away from him. Yeah. Children are a touchy subject. That's a very, very good point, Trudy. And it's not only the child getting attached, but the adults getting attached to the child. Mm -hmm. I think people forget how heartbreaking it is on both ends. Mm -hmm. People always are very cognizant. And maybe they're not always cognizant, but people, you know, it's talked about a lot, the children. Focus on the children. What about the children? But I think that divorce and... Breaking up a family is a ripple effect that affects everyone. Definitely. Right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this. Good. So segue into this. Okay. Um, You guys may not know it, but this is my third marriage. So I got married at 18. I eloped at 18. That lasted a hot minute, three years. And then I met my children's father and got married. That lasted 11 years that ended. Here I am, my third marriage, two kids, same dad. I'm a walking red flag. I'm going to talk to you both about this a little bit because I know where I come from and I I think that my past has made it kind of me trepidatious to believe anyone would be okay accepting me into their family because of my choices have got me where I've been. But then also, you know, having my own family trust in my decisions to do this again you know I mean as a mom let's start with you mom how has it been for you um because I know that you and my first husband were very close and you really thought of him like a son you embraced him and when that didn't work out that was really heartbreaking for you that was a tough pill to swallow you had gotten so attached and I know um, granted that wasn't my decision, right? So right. Yeah. it wasn't like you could be mad at me. It wasn't my I was con- never mad at you about that. But no. it wasn't in my control. I had no I had no choice there. But I yeah. do recognize that it really hurt you too. As much as it hurt me, it hurt you. And I got to see that. And that was really hard. And I saw the struggle with you coming alongside, you know, I got remarried. And it was kind of a struggle. Like, it's like once you've been burned, you know, once you know better, that trust kind of was really hard the second time around to kind of, like, trust that this, you know, is going to last, that you were going to get emotionally invested again into a situation that was going, you know, possibly not work out. Did, is, am, I, am I speaking out of turn? You're looking no, no. at me like I'm crazy. No. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I am. You're not at all. I think the first time... You being an only child, especially, you got married. You were young, and as a mother, I worried about your safety, your security, your future, and um, yeah, it's like a, a new love, an innocent new love. And it was an I had never had a son, so we embraced that, and he was very, um, I don't know, became a real s- important part of our family. Mm-hmm. So when that didn't work out, I think what, it's a confusing time, confusing time, because there's so many emotions involved. You go through, you're worried about, first of all, your child, sure. the hurt, the insecurity, not knowing what the future is going to be, 
she's not safe in a package in a marriage anymore. She's back out there. On Holla. top of that, sorry, not to make <laughs> I lost. It. it was like a death. I lost a son, mm-hmm. but you don't want to. You're more concerned about your child. But I do recognize that back then you were torn. You were torn because you had love for both parties. I don't know if you're torn. You're conflicted. Okay, what's your the feeling, difference? Your feelings fight each other because on one hand you're upset with this person for hurting your child. Yeah. On the other hand, you love this tr- person that hurt your child. So you have to reconcile all these emotions within you mm-hmm. to and move on. But I was it was what it was meant to be and I, in my heart I knew there was something else out there for you because if you take it apart and look at it, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Definitely not. So Agreed. I think if you're logical Right, when and you put your emotions look at the, aside. Yeah, you, you know it's... Right. So, and this is a great example, you guys. I just, I really don't think that kids, when we're living our life as adults, you know, we're so... I remember 18, man, I can do whatever I want. I am free. Nobody can tell me what to do. And I did. <laughs> right? Like, For five minutes. But, you know... <laughs> But what I'm saying is, is that we are so excited for this newfound freedom of we are free from our parents that we just go do. And I think we lose this um, sense of considering our parents are going to be affected by our decision decisions, our big decisions. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so marriage number two. I know you got two grandkids out of that. It was wonderful. So that was just wonderful. But... That was hard to connect with him. Was a totally different person. Right. Different transition. You know, very um, boundary driven. Right. So it was by him. He didn't want, he didn't embrace family. He was not a family person. So was the connection with him harder because of that or because it was marriage number two in no, that? because of that, because of the person himself. Yeah. Because by then I'd already mourned the first. I was, my mourning period was over. You, you sound know, like a girlfriend. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then the it. second one came along and, and it started out fine. I mean, it was all the proper way. It was done properly and we were asked the questions and and everything, but... It just, it, it's more about you. Mm. And I think going through all that, grandchildren were the main mm-hmm. reward of that union. But I don't think it was because of your first one at all. Okay. No, because you were so young and you weren't married that long the first time. I know. Everyone really has forgiven me the first marriage. No one really has held that one <laughs> against me. No, you were just yeah. Young. It's interesting to me. Um, anyway. Um, so marriage number three, uh, oh. our lovely Eric, um, you know, was it, we haven't even really, I, I apparently like to have conversations for the first time on camera. So, I mean, how has that been? I mean, because it's my third marriage, you know, are you sold that this is going to stick? And you can totally be honest. This is, you know, I'm opening myself up and Eric knows as well. We're, we're here for a reason. So do you... Is it was it hard to bond with him? Do you fully accept this marriage? Is it are you trepidatious of your step grandchildren and and all that? Are you lightly walking? Where are you at and why? I think your third time you took a lot longer to for both of you to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. You both seem to bring out the best in each other. I see the love between you, which um, in previous relationships were not that bonding. There were mo- was more conflict. And here, I think it's truly, it's good. I think you did take your time, and you were friends. You got to know each other. You accepted each other's situations. You have children. You know, you each have your own children. And it just takes time. And I think with, with stepchildren, I will never force myself on a stepchild because I think that your pushes them away. I mean, my my step grandson. You force yourself on Eric all the time. <laughs> no, 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 that's the other way around. <laughs> but I wouldn't force myself on children. Is the point? Um, I think they need to get to know you slowly. I think, and I think children have a hard time because whether they realize it or not, you're replacing a role in an everyday life that was held by somebody else. 
Yeah. So you don't want to be that person. You want to be a support person. Mm-hmm. Right. And they need to come to you and understand that you're not a danger. I know. It's it's hard. It's, it must be a hard spot as um, a step-grandparent to navigate. I, that would be very touchy because you already have such special bonds because you've been day one in your grandkids' lives, like right. day one, birth, there, and then – it, it must be a very weird, we're going to get back to this in a little bit, but I want to, but it's a strange thing for sure. And how do you navigate this love that you have for your grandchildren and that special bond, which is rightfully so. And then also embracing the step grandchildren to make them feel equal, but they're not. And I think that's okay. Like I'm not all about like everyone's, you know, loved equally. You don't have well, the bonding. I think this, the children understand there's a difference in the roles. They, in, on the other hand, have been with their grandparents their whole life. And you're, right. a, you're an interloper. Here you are new. So you're not that person. You're not trying to be that person. You're trying to be a support person. You're, suppo- you're trying to enhance the relationship and be close, but not replace. Right, and not force. And not force. Interesting. Okay, over to you, okay. my beautiful mother-in-law. <laughs> Who's so cute. Love you. Love you. I hit the jackpot. Let me oh. just say on air with everyone. I think you both did. Well, no, I'm in talking in regards to my in-laws oh. specifically. Um, I've had other in-laws before. <laughs> you by far are the best. Oh, <laughs> I love you. That's such a stupid <laughs> thing to say. But really, like, I'm just, I really am blessed. And I got super lucky. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But so for you. Here I am, married. This is my third marriage. You know where I came from. I was, I don't even remember how you found out or if I just told you. Um, I remember taking a road trip with you, and it was several hours <laughs> north of here. We took oh, a road yes. trip, yes. Right? a day trip. But um, you opened up a lot on mm. that trip. That was always seemed to be a good place for you and I to talk and kind of open up and I think you're way too hard on yourself no. first of all for saying I've been married three times because I don't even think about that first time that was so cut and dry quick and over I with know, everyone you know. forgives that one yeah absolutely yeah. and um you know things happen with with marriages and I love how you and Eric both focus on it's about the kids and how you went about it to, um, like like your mom said, to take your time, do it right, and just make sure that it was right for everybody. But you were never like, did you ever kind of question Eric's decision to marry someone? Not even before you even know knew me. I mean, I'm I take a while to get to know maybe, but. Like in the beginning when he was dating a girl and it was just, you were hearing about me, of me. Was there ever a moment where you're like, mm, No, and let me bit. tell you why. I know exactly what you're going to say. And let me tell you why I didn't question it. Okay. Because I had a long talk with him. And I asked him, and I said, you know, lay it out there. Tell me exactly how you feel. Because he had been seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. and I wasn't really sure where he was going with it. And the one thing that I remember him telling me is that Julie and I have so much more in common. Mm. We, we have gone through the same things, we're dealing with the same things, and it just feels right. And, and that kind of made, kind of put the... Um, closure on it for me that he was doing the right thing for him and his kids yeah it, it was right for him yeah oh that's oh goodness gracious great balls of fire guys <laughs> um that's interesting because I don't know I think I you're right in my own head I I always picture I guess I just it's one of those things like if you don't want to get teased about something you just put it out there and then it's not funny anymore type of a thing. So I just always lead with what I perceive are my failures um, so that it can't be talked about like I I own it. Um, But anyway, I think that one thing has been really awesome is that um, you both have really embraced the kids in such a wonderful way. Is that intentional or does it come natural? What do you think? 
I think it's natural, natural too because of being moms first and then grandparents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kids, you know, and you have a different relationship with each of them. Right. And one know. thing I've been, and so this, this woman who wrote in and, and why we're even having this podcast about extended family and her mom not really wanting to embrace the boyfriend and the kid. I think that that's a red flag because if that's already a problem as a part of me has two feelings about this, either, either it's a red flag because she sees something from the outside looking in moms are so wise. I have been told multiple times that it wasn't a good idea, but I was so in something and felt so much that I couldn't, you know, I'm not on the outside looking in. So there's that to consider. Maybe she's not wanting to embrace this because she knows better. She sees that it's not a good fit. Um, there's a multitude of reasons. Or it could just be her personality. So that's something else that this woman I would love for her to consider is your mom may just not be a warm and fuzzy, naturally embracing person. And if that's the case, then I don't think marriage or time, it just this is your reality and you're going to have to deal with it. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say not knowing more about the situation. Some people just do take time and some people are not embracing ever. So I, I think it has to be about, that's important, but it's more important the relationship with the son and the boyfriend. Is that real? What are you doing to the son? Is this going to go forward? And Sometimes people come around, Julie. It's not like they're never going to to change. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And I also think that if I was the daughter and this was something that was really concerning me, Mm -hmm. I would sit down with her mom and just have a blunt conversation about it and say, where are you at? What are you thinking? You know, and maybe her mom will open up given that, chance to be able to tell her how she feels yeah and just an unarming way like just it's not confrontational I'm not mad at you I'm not gonna sit here and why aren't you embracing them what's your problem but more of like this really means a lot to me and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are right on because it. if you push it too hard the walls will go up and you're gonna lose yes ouch mm-hmm. <laughs> noted (laughs) um (laughs) okay then so then okay back to you peggy um your your not your husband but your son sorry i was gonna be like your husband it's wrong um your son has been divorced once and how was letting go of that marriage is my first question and like that, how was that? My mom, my mom referenced her. It, it's like a grieving process. Mm-hmm. So for you, how was that as a mom watching your child go through that? Like, how did that affect you? It was so heartbreaking for me. Yeah, I, and I could still, I could start crying right now Aww. to see him go through what he went through. It was really heartbreaking, and it was very emotional. Sure, because as a mom, you want to fix it. You are such a fixer, knowing you for all I these am. years. I am a you fixer. just want everyone to be happy. Yeah. 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 Did you, was it just more like for him or did you <sighs> miss like, it was, I don't know. It was huge for him, but seeing what the kids had to deal with, oh. um, you want to make it all better and you can't. So yeah. um, the one thing that, I tried very, very hard to do was never to put the blame on anybody to make sure that the kids know that they were supported and we loved them. And that was the most important thing. We were always there for them and we loved both their mommy and their daddy and we would do whatever we could to support them where they needed. And, you know, it's coming back around too because I can have that conversation with the kids now about how they were feeling years ago, and they've started to open up about it and talk about it. And just to be aware of never putting the blame out there and to be a constant love to them and for them and open to be there for them has always made the biggest difference for our family. It totally has. And I know the kids, I think grandparents are so 
special to because <clears throat> the grandkids the parents are too close to the situation. The parents are the reason why their family is falling apart. But the grandparents are just far removed enough to be safe and consistent and constant because that's not going away. Right. You yeah, know, some but stability. some yep. stability and just to be able to run. And I've seen all the kids do this with both of you. You guys, they they run to you and you guys are just their safe space and you guys um it's so it's so cool and I I think that that is what grandparenthood is about and in a blended family it's so necessary for kids to have that safe space so it's so necessary for grandparents to play such a huge role in blended families because the kids need it one thing I will say about being a grandparent from a having my grandchildren no longer with their natural parents Mm-hmm. You know who really loses in that time with the grandparents, because when you have split custody, right, the children have to go or they go to different homes. Yes, and so you lose out. So grandparents, watch out because you're going to lose time if that happens. Mm-hmm. That is hard, and that's hard for parents too. I mean, one of my biggest struggles I was, you know, my our kids aren't with us right now; they're with <coughs> their other parents, and um, one of the hardest things that I am constantly going through is I just don't get, I'm missing out on half their life. So I already feel like parenthood is, I feel like my kids have grown up in two days. They're 13 and nine. I had them two days ago and they're going to college and now I have half the time. So I get it. And for grandparents, you're even robbed further because now I'm selfish. Like every time I have my kids, like they're mine. Well, you're sure. dividing a pie. I, I only get to see them 50% of the time. Exactly. So. I did want to say one thing. Oh, we have our first ever caller on Blended Life podcast. Let's see who it is, shall we? Are you there, caller? Are you there? Oh, hello. <laughs> it is our lovely. Hi, Hi honey. <laughs> it's Eric. We're great. How are you? Where are you? Good. Sorry, I can't be on the show, but I have a game. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> this yeah. is why he calls in, you guys, for a game. I call her for the game. This You're the, the only w- reason. It's oh. the only reason people watch the show. It's not true. <laughs> Your games are horrible wherever you are. No. Are you guys ready for my game? Yes. No. Okay, press, the, press the top red button, top left red button. There's buttons. Okay. Now we're going to do something extremely fun. <laughs> we're going to play a wonderful game called Who Is My Daddy? <laughs> oh, dear. We're about to play Who's My Daddy and What Does He Do? Oh, my gosh. You never know what to expect. Who wants to play this game with me? We all do. We're so excited. Okay. We're speechless. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. What is it? Wait. The more I think about it, I need a drink. My grand, my granddaddies don't exist anymore, do they? Oh no! Wow, you went there. Okay, that's okay. Great. I screwed this one out here. Press the top right button, then I promise. You receiver. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was rude of you to fart in the phone like that. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Is this you your game? Other, you can press any of the other buttons now. But I don't get the game. What's the game? Press Who's the your button. daddy, and what does he do? Jeez. With the piece of bread and butter. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. Running down the gutter. Push another button. Push another button. Oh, it just adds to it. Yeah. I promised all the viewers, remember? Oh, we all like that one. That's for women. This is kind of your relationship. You know, Crickets and farts. <laughs> Eric and Julie. Crickets and farts. Right? Crickets and farts. <laughs> okay. well, well, that's fun. Thanks for putting buttons together for us. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, it wasn't for you. It was for the viewers. I promise them. Now we're going to do something extremely fun. I just want to hear it again. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy? And what, what does he do? He do? And what does he do? Yeah. All right, you guys. All right. Thanks for calling in. Thanks Love you. Miss you. Everyone. All right, bye, guys. Love you. Bye, Bye. Eric. Love you. Bye. Well, that's interesting development. We have buttons now. 
Anywho, um, but back to topic of extended families and grandkids, and we were talking about how you're missing out on time. That is really hard, and it's hard to give up for the parents, and I know super special, though, for the grandkids. I think they take you guys less for granted now. Do you feel like that? I kind of do, only because our oldest granddaughter is driving now. (laughs) <laughs> and they just, uh, her and her brother just popped in the other day. I'm so Ooh, fun. It was, it was crazy. I was literally just getting out of the shower. Grandma, where are you? <laughs> and it was so cool because that's never happened before. And, you know, I said, okay, give me 10 minutes. I'll be right out. And yeah. we went to breakfast and we just had a great time together. And yeah, you have to really treasure that time that you have with them. Yeah. No matter what age they are. I know. And then they're going to be in college, yeah, which is just wild. Okay, so when, like, what advice would you guys have for any parents that are going to become part of a blended family? I mean, do you feel like it's forced upon you guys to embrace things? I don't feel like it. But I think in my case, because I've had so many... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I now, think now I have buttons. This is amazing. <laughs> you tread water because you in the first re- first relationship, the first marriage was embracing. Mm-hmm. The second one was hands off. So going into the third one, you're kind of like you're you're on a roller coaster. It's Try to find where you fit in. And what I was more about, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to do these things. I don't want to be a typical mother-in-law that's always in the way. So, but when you go through all these different <laughs> situations and different personalities, it's, um, the third one, you kind of wait and see. You wait and see. Are you still waiting and are you still no, seeing? No, but I think you have to get to know the people and who they are and what their expectations are because you don't want to be perceived as the overbearing, controlling stepmother that's always there trying to, you know, you want to be more accepted and you worry about them accepting you as well. Yeah. But can I go back to one point before this? Of course. Peggy was talking about the the grandchildren and letting them know you love you, you love them and not talking about the other parents. And I did have a conversation once with my two grandchildren. And I think it brought us closer because we were talking about, you know, do you like this person? Do you like this person? And I said, I will tell you one thing. I will always love the part of your father that is part of you. Oh, yeah. I love that. And as soon as I said that, they just came over and hugged me. Because I think it released them to be able to share with me their feelings. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring that up. You just don't, you open up that door mm-hmm. with the kids. that the, and, and I think it starts making them feel more comfortable, that they feel secure, that they can talk to you about it. Yeah, and that they yeah. can love. Yeah. Both parents. Right. And as I've told Julia in my life, love only grows. There's not a, a certain amount of love. Love is infinite. Right. That's a, that always has stayed with me too. Because I, my, one of my biggest fears with my kids is, you know, what if they love someone else over me or replace me or want to go live with their family at their, you know, their father's house and not see me anymore. And I I always, I guess, I do make love into a pie. Like, they're only capable of loving this many people. And if you take away that, you know, I, I think I might, I get caught up in that. So love grows. Right. The more you love, the more you have to love, the more love you have. Yeah, it's so wise. It is. It's a really good point to remember. I think um, another thing that not only protecting our own grandchildren and let them know where you stand on the whole uh, family situation, but I think another thing that we need to think about is how we embrace the, the children from the other parent. Yeah, that's, let's talk about that. That's huge. What, what? goes through your mind when with your step-grandchildren you know talk through like when you first met them to (laughs) I mean what if you hated your step-grandchildren I there are families out there who's who they can't stand the kids that exist like you gratefully you both love your 
step-grandchildren. Absolutely. And you guys have really embraced them and accepted them. And none of them are perfect. I mean, that would be a good topic to bring people on that Mm -hmm. could explain that to you. Because they just can't relate, people. <laughs> um, but, okay, so, but, like, how do you... It's true, though. How You know, what are, you, what are some suggestions you have for pulling in, for grandparents to pull in the step-grandchildren? That, I mean, because obviously your grandchildren, that's just natural. But the other ones, like, how do you pull them in? What do you think about, like, is it a conscious effort to make sure you're inviting the step-grandkids places to include them, to spend time with them, or... What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the parents can help you with that a little bit. Because I think going into some things, you're so used to being a grandparent of these children, and you do everything naturally that you normally do, and even though there's another grandchild involved, you have to train yourself to remember that. Mm-hmm. Because he's there, and they're, they're, they want you too. And so you have to make a conscious effort at first to realize that they are also your grandchild. Right. And I think the other thing you have to keep in mind is I think the younger that they are, the Mm. easier that it is. Absolutely. So one might take to you, you find things in common with them. You're speaking of my daughter and my son. It's, yeah, right there. It's It's absolutely different. And the kids are different. So they have different um, interests. First of all, so I connect with your youngest because we both enjoy painting. We enjoy doing things like that. Um, With your oldest, first of all, you're dealing with a teenager. That's, dude. yeah, right? (laughs) That's huge because they're, they can be moody. They know what they like. Sometimes they don't want to be bothered. Sometimes they don't have um, an interest in spending time with you. So to find that connection is, is sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you just have to let it kind of happen. Right. You can't force that. Right. Or be okay with it not happening. Yeah. Like you just really need yeah. to be okay with like, maybe this is, we're not going to be as close. Well, you and you want to make yourself available if they do want to, do something with you or with the family, but yeah. you know you you don't want to force them into it either. Yeah, you guys have been really good about that. Where I yeah I I can't imagine what that would be like. Is it hard now? You mom have been married three times, so apparently I just follow in your footsteps. That's true. Um, but I know you can empathize a lot. I think that for you with me remarrying in a blended family I mean you've dealt with I have a stepdad and you know stepmom and you've really kind of walked this life a little bit a lot (laughs) you know been in the middle as a parent things like that and that's a whole another topic for another day but I think that that has helped you maybe be able to embrace Eric and be able to accept this lifestyle of blended family but for you Peggy you Missy have been you've been married how many years now? Thirty nine. Thirty nine next month. Yeah, yeah. And then we were high school sweetheart, sweetheart. So we've been together a long, long time. That's amazing. It is, and not a lot of people these days can say that. Nope. We. Will, I mean, I don't even know how old we will be at thirty nine years married. Yeah, I'll probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but do you find it difficult to empathize with Eric or myself? Not at all. No. No. Why? Not at all. Um, only because I've gone down the road, you know, and and been there through it. And um, I just, I support both of you on mm-hmm. your decisions. I think you took your time and did what you needed to do to get to the point that you are now. Yeah. You know, and uh, you haven't pushed the kids into it. To accept it, it's it's just kind of been, like your mom said a a real uh, natural transition. Yeah, so it was very gradual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we've talked about that. But yeah. um, oh, see, I want to bring up something, and it might piss people off. So, oh well, that's always fun to start out like that, huh? Just do it. Yeah, let's just set the stage. <laughs> well, because I know both of you have had difficult. Son-in-law, daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm perfect. 
So it's not me. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm She's smart. also delusional. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but so, and I think that's something that when extended families, when, when you have to deal with a difficult son or daughter-in-law, how do you navigate that? I've had difficult in-laws before. So when I tell you that I'm really grateful for you, I mean it because I can, I have a place to come from appreciate, like I, I can appreciate what it is to have like an easy relationship when that hasn't been the case in the past. So mm-hmm. how do you guys deal with difficult or how, or, or if you guys don't want to get super personal, maybe you could give some advice to people about how to love your child, love your grandchildren and deal with a difficult in-law daughter or son-in-law at the same time or you have other children maybe one of them are difficult for you they're your in-laws son or daughter-in-law so you don't have to call anyone out you have money people right luckily um with all three of my kids I get along really well with the other grandparents Mm -hmm. we've got a great um relationship Mm -hmm. but with Eric's ex um, it was really sad because I never really got to know her parents. Mm. And um, we I can count on one hand how many times we had even conversations or interactions. But I'm talking about like the actual daughter-in-law. So the I'm actual talking about daughter-in-law. I'm talking about like your child yeah. being married to a difficult person. We, we had a, a, a lot of ups and downs. And... Yeah. Um, I think time has taken care of that, at least on my end, and I think on her end also, because um, we went through some really tough times. We it it was either hot or cold. It was never in between. We'd either get along really, really well, or you butted heads. Oh yeah, Yeah. and and not that I wanted it to be like that, but I I always felt like it was a love hate relationship. Yeah, and I feel. Now that time has really taken care of that, mm-hmm. and luckily now we can actually have a good conversation yep. because I think she knows, like over time, that we've never given up. As far as we needed to make it right for the kids' sake. That's right. It always comes back to the kids. That's right. But during so, but but like in their like when you when they were married. You know, do you have any advice, like, it being actually in that as a mother, like, as a mom? Like, how do you navigate that, trying you, to keep the peace or, You have you to know? love unconditionally, first of all. Yeah. You never stop loving. And as m- mad or angry as I could get, mm-hmm. I tried not to let it affect their marriage and put my feelings into it. Mm-hmm. I would listen. But that marriage was between them, not me. Mm. Had nothing to do with me. That's great advice. So I was just, I always tried to just be there. If they needed me to lend an ear or to keep the children, if they needed to get away and talk, you know, I just, I just, it, it just comes down to unconditional love. Yeah. What about you? Tough subject. Is this, should we just move on? I mean, how, what do you, just give advice to people. You're not the only person in the world. I could end up with a difficult daughter or son-in-law, and I would love advice on camera from myself later. I mean, it's hard to give advice about a situation that ended. (laughs) No, going through it was, um, it was okay. I mean, your ex and I got along fine, you know, on the surface. He didn't like anybody in his life that wasn't invited on a daily basis. So that was difficult. Yeah, were you were always that, held at arm's length. Yeah. yeah. But, there, but it wasn't about me. What I had a problem was the way you were treated and talked about. I had problem with that. And then... Um, so how did you... So you had issues. So then how did you pull it together to be... Because you were always civil... There was never any blowout fights or anything, but mm. that's kind of what I'm getting oh, at. Oh, well, it here. doesn't do any good. What's your What's your goal? Right, your, your goal. What's your goal? You have grandchildren that need love. You have a daughter that needs love. You have a son-in-law that probably needs love. 
And so however they act out in their own life, you be, be true to yourself. Be the person you need to be for those people and, and stand strong yeah. and support what you can support. And it's not your business, a lot of it. It's not, you're not to be in the middle of the marriage. I agree with right. Peggy. It's not about us. It, that's got to be, I cannot even, I mean, granted, I'm in the thick of parenthood with my kids at young ages still, as far as I'm in their business all the time. But as your kids get older, that's got to be hard to let go. I mean, I can't even imagine, <laughs> oh, it's just not my business. That sentence has never come out of my mouth. But You're just not will. old enough. <laughs> I just have to get older. You, you'll see, and I, I think it's a slow transition to mm-hmm. when um, you know when to kind of step back and zip it. <laughs> you Gosh, have to, that's so I just can't imagine sometimes. how hard that is. You have to, but I think it's something that comes over time that you but learn. But I think you're fortunate that you had your strong ups and downs with your ex-daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have that, and now I am conceived as the enemy. Oh, same. Even with the grandchildren, you know, it's not maybe not the enemy, but it's t- total separation. When you're here, you're here. They don't exist. When you're here, you're here. We're the only ones that exist. So there's no bridge. There's no crossing over. And, and I, I think it's hard on the children. Well, and I think you get no peace in that. No. no. When you're all surface, at, at least when you have ups and downs, you you can. I don't know there's well there's just you've had it out like you have you got it off your chest you know where you stand with each other it's been said lines have been crossed or drawn or whatever and you're kind of like you yeah you know what's what I feel like in your case mom because you never had it out it was always just very surface you have to have a recipient you have to have someone willing to talk to you about things and people that are so closed off and so assured of how they were feeling is the only way to feel. Yeah, they're not going to open up to you. No, not at all. So there's no way to break it down. Do you guys wait for the kids to talk, or do you go to the kids as adults and talk? Like, would you ever have confronted my ex on your own without him coming to you first? If I knew now that he, it wasn't that way before. So you, I didn't have a roadmap. I didn't know that this was how it was going to turn out, or I probably would have been a good thing to do. But until it happens, because before your ex was remarried, it wasn't quite like this. We still would enter because he, he needed help. So I could go there, take sweaters, pick up children. But once the new family formed, yes, then you're totally not there anymore. You disappear. You just aren't needed. And, and you're yeah. not wanted. You're not. And this is something that I totally don't even mind bringing up because I think that a lot of people think this way. And there's no one right way to have a blended family. There's no one right way to do this. We all just do what's best for us. So one way of thinking that my ex has brought up before is, you know, every, um, it's important to let the children bond with their new family. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been, one thing my ex has been very gracious about is Eric. He's never tried to block Eric from having a relationship or, you know, he doesn't, he, he's fine. He's always been seemingly fine. I mean, we don't really talk, but you know, it's not been an issue. And, but for me, you know, he's always doesn't want me to be around or to come help out with rides. Let's say it's his day with the kids. They have to work. I need, my kids need to go somewhere. I'm available. I can give them a ride. That doesn't work for them. But and you I'm know what, Julie, the kids see that. Because your kids see that. Yeah, but let me finish. So my train of thought is I'm the mom. There's no one more appropriate to come care for these kids. His way of thinking, and I'm not even saying it's wrong. It's just different than me. His way of thinking is they need to have their life in this house, and they need to have that separate from you. And if if I'm always inserting myself, it doesn't allow them to properly bond to them or depend on them or to be fully immersed in that situation good bad or otherwise and the more I think about it I don't disagree with it I'm just their mom and want to be there all the time so you know I love inserting myself and I can see how that might be annoying but you know what do you think about that silent 
I see that to a certain extent, but I still think that you not should it should not be forbidden. I think that's the wrong message to the children. Yes, your primary when you're with us, you're with us. Mm-hmm. But if I need to call grandma or I need to call mom and ask them something or I got something, can I call them and share it? No, that's what I'm saying is wrong. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, because that that puts that almost that fear factor in there for the kids, and it makes two separate homes, two separate, almost two separate lives. Exactly. It needs, this is their life. This affects them, and you're still their mom. You're still their family, no matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, I know you're trying to be okay with it. As a grandparent looking in, I'm not okay with it. I think it's terrible for the kids' sake. So I'm your grandmother four days a week, and you don't know me. There's other right. three days. I mean, it, right. it's confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I know you feel like that's how it is mm-hmm. with you. I don't feel like that is how it is with you, though, It Peggy. isn't. It you, isn't at all. You get to have access to your grandkids no yes. matter where they are. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, and but that has only happened over time. I know. What, how, what, how have you gotten there? Tell everyone your magic. <laughs> how has that happened? Um, kill them with kindness. Yeah. Because I still care about her. Sure. She's the I, mother of your absolutely. grandchildren. I care about her. Mm-hmm. I have, I will always have a place in my heart that I love her. Aww. And I do. And I, I, I care about her as a mom and mm-hmm. and my ex-daughter-in-law. Yeah. But I don't think that um, it wasn't like that in the beginning. Yeah. And it took time. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of work. And I think, um, you know, just like the other day, I found some pictures of, of the kids when they were younger, when they mm-hmm. were babies. And a couple of them that were so special, I took a quick snapshot and text it to her because it's important to her. Those are her babies, you know, and I respect that as a grandma, you know, I knew she was going to love them. Yeah. And so I've tried to keep that, um, a little bit of communication open with her. And it's really feels good now that when I see her in public, there's not that, um, tenseness between us. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, and we can we can get along because we keep it all about the kids. That's really neat. It's really neat that she's able to do that. Yeah, because that has to. be It's taken e- time, but that's an equally yoked thing. Sure, it, it is. can't just be all you with her, no give, and it can't that's just right. be all her with you just back against the wall. Exactly. So that's I wonder a, if there's a difference between an ex son in law and an ex daughter in law. Well, genders are different. Absolutely. As far and as connecting. And going back to the grandkids, it's the same. How you get along with that grandchild, whether they're male or female, it's different. Yeah, because the women are going to connect better with the women. Yeah, but I see, my, I see my grandson connecting oh, with your dad in such a positive way. Yeah. So, I mean. Because it can bond over dude stuff. Yeah, yeah. That... But I wonder if the ex-son-in-laws are more territorial in a different way than the ex-daughter-in-laws, where they can relate more to their ex-mother-in-law being Maybe. women. And you like the pictures and having those special moments. That's possible. Because yeah. women are definitely more emotional. Right. And I think it has a lot to do, too, with how they were raised. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your, son, your ex-son-in-law's relationship with his mom, whatever that was, probably has a lot to do with how he treated you and viewed you and expectations from you, Um, you know. And the same with you. I I don't know anything really about your ex-daughter-in-law's relationship with her mom. But I think it's it's also that, too. I think that you need to look at the roles that their parents played in their lives and that informs their decisions about how they're going to be a parent, what kind of parent they're going to be, and then how they're going to embrace their own, you know, it's their so very true, Julie, because I can see it resounds mm. the difference in Eric and your ex and had their upbringing. And, and I, see, I see that on our side, too. It's huge. Makes yeah. a big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I try to tell people. It really matters. Like, look at how your s- potential spouse, how, look at their relationship with their parents. It matters. And when you're blending mm-hmm. a family you know, 
that person is going to be in your kid's life as some sort of father figure or mother figure. And they're really informed by, and if you haven't had kids with them and you're blending a family, you don't know how they're going to be as a parent. You haven't done this together since day one and grown as parents together. So it's, it's super important to see where they come from because that's going to inform a lot about how they're going to be with your kids. So that's just so important. All right. Well, ladies, I think that's about it for today. Um, any last pieces of advice or anything you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? That's to you. I know you have a note card over there. <laughs> Just a quick one. I saw a little statement um, ab- on online when I was I was reading some things, and um, it just kind of hit me hard. It, it's love without hesitation. Mm. And I think that's just really, really important, especially when the children are involved and what they've gone through, just to always keep that in mind. They've gone through a lot, and just be there for them. Yeah, and to jump in there, too, I um, kids pick up on relationships a lot. So if you love the kids as a step-grandparent but have a hard relationship with their biological parent, like you're, like if you and I had a hard relationship but you mm-hmm. loved my kids, they would pick up on that, and I think that would be a strain on your relationship even with them. I agree. You know, or yeah. vice versa. Say we loved each other but you couldn't stand my kids. Yeah. And so it's kind of really hard when you're blending a family. Like there is so much to consider, you know, I don't know if I, I would want to marry into a family who couldn't embrace us all. Well, you'd probably have second thoughts or, or had to th- you'd have to think on that for a long time, I would yeah. think. Because you need, it takes a tribe. Yeah. You know, and as a blended family, you need all the support you can get because or- the odds are already stacked against you. You know, 70% divorce rate. Does that scare you guys at all? The 70% divorce rate with the blended Statistics family? Statistics don't scare me. We're all no. exceptions. I think you can over. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. I do have one thing I'd like to address before we go. Oh, of course. As a stepmother to a step to a to my stepson, one thing talking about unconditional love. When I first go into a family, I had no children. My ex-husband had a son. Okay, so just so everyone understands, I am. Let me. Can I give? Sure. I have uh-huh. a half. I have a half brother. Same dads, different moms. He's six years older than me. So when you were married to your second husband, my father, my biological father, he came with a child, a child already. My half brother, mm-hmm. who you were stepmother to. Exactly. Okay, go ahead. But in the very beginning, it was very difficult for my stepson to want to be around me because he had a very good relationship with his mother. He didn't understand. He was so young. Why is his mother not here? I remember one day trying to take him to school or somewhere, and he was in the back seat on the floor crying. Oh. I want my dad. I want my dad. And I just calmly said, you know, you'll see your dad today. Whatever. We went forward from there. But I have to tell you, be patient and love because at the end of the marriage, he wanted to call me mom. He loved me. He wanted to be with me. So that's why I say don't force yourself, let it develop, and just love them. Because they're children, they're going to love you back. If you're there, they will. I didn't know he was having a hard time with you at first. In the, ver- in the very beginning. Really? Not very long. And then long, fast but forward, like you got along with your, with his mom. Oh, I love his mother. She's wonderful. So that's interesting, too, that you were able to forge a relationship with your husband's ex-wife. Well, we work together. <laughs> Oh, God. I we need to stop <laughs> That's this. That's another story for another I, day. <laughs> I I don't think there is not enough alcohol in the world for this conversation, you guys. So um, I just want to say thank you guys for joining us. Um, don't forget to comment below if you have a story to share or you have a comment or question. I will make sure I get a hold of these two ladies. They will answer it for us all. Um, and don't forget to like, um, our pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, click on the bell, ding, ding, ding. And, uh, we just want to thank you for joining us. Hopefully Eric will be back next week. Um, here's to hoping if not, I'll, I'm great with, I don't know. Come back, Eric. We miss you. All right. (laughs) Thanks you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.
Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.